0: and welcome back to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Taylor Wells. How you doing, pal?
1: Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Really excited with some of the stuff that's been coming out in the past week, especially uh, after our smashing episode last week.
0: Yes. So, it's been a eventful week uh, in terms of just stuff happening in the gaming world, Um, Of course, we are going to do a little bit of follow-up on our Smash prediction uh, episode that we did last week. We had that big Smash Direct, and we're going to give you our impressions of that, and we're going to talk about Smash for probably a long time. Uh, We're going to talk about the bombshell that Nintendo dropped with Breath of the Wild and its timeline placement, in which timeline it falls in, but first, the biggest story of this last week was undoubtedly the IGN plagiarism accusations that, uh, that came about after a small YouTuber named Boomstick Gaming published a video that said, IGN copied my Dead Cells review. What do I do? Um, this video went viral and then IGN immediately pulled their review of a video game called Dead Cells and did some investigating. And basically the long and short of it is the, the lead writer of their Nintendo branch, uh, plagiarized this review from this small YouTube outlet. And IGN determined that he did that and let him go. And even yesterday, he released a video explaining his actions and apologizing, but not really apologizing. It was just... It was super bizarre. Um, and it was just like... I, I can't remember reading about anything like this... Uh, well, ever in, uh, in the video game industry. So, what are... What are your thoughts? Because I I'm just simply fascinated by this story. I'm fascinated by what would make this guy do this. What would make him think that he could get away with this? What is going to happen to Boomstick? Uh, what? It, it just there's so many other variables. And of course, the the common uh, perception was, you know, if you plagiarize once, you've probably plagiarized a bunch of times before. And now we're at two other reviews that uh, that people have dug up that show that he has more or less, copy and pasted other people's reviews and switched some wording around to pass him off as his own. So give us your take on this, Taylor. So there are two sides of the
1: coin for this for me. There's the one hand where, as a writer, I'm... it, it, It really drags me dry, if that makes sense. Like, he it kind of puts a damper on everything that, that we do in this industry, whether it's, you know, just us writing original content pieces or writing news and stuff like that. When we have someone out there who's working for, you know, this major publication that's been in the gaming industry for years, and, you know, they, they, take, they take something from someone else and then pass it off as their own and then don't even, like, Fess up to it when it's been proven that it was done, like that. That really rankles me. On the other side um, of the coin, yes, I share your fascination in figuring out, you know, what what makes someone want to do that. Kind of like what
0: what their thought process is behind it. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm with just you. I, I think it. that it's. I think that it's just like ridiculous and, and pathetic that this guy. Copied someone else's work, and I, and I'm sure that he was banking on the fact that he wouldn't get caught. And that's that was why he a did small it, but... YouTube channel and that nobody yeah. would notice. And it it's just so it's so lazy, and it's so unprofessional, and it's so low that it, you know. I I hope that this guy is done in the gaming industry. I really do. Like I I know that you're you're a writer as a profession. Uh, I'm a writer out of love at Zelda Dungeon. And so to see to see somebody do that, it's it, it does it just rubs you the wrong way, and I think that's why I'm so fascinated with it.
1: Yeah, there's it's interesting because you know while it certainly it really sucks to see, and it really it as you said and i said it rubs you the wrong way gives you nasty feeling makes you feel sick inside but at the same time there's that i, I don't the, <laughs> being a writer funny enough uh perverse like a perverse fascination with why why it is what it is what what makes them think okay this is okay to do or this is what i should do or this is what i want to do versus, like, you know, like, what was the whole situation? Like, is this guy has no choice? I mean, he's he's clearly working for a, a big company. It's not like he's mm-hmm. unsuccessful. So why,
0: and, and what so was the is, need? This is the thing that I wonder. So in their statement, IGN has said that this reviewer had, had, in fact, played a lot of this game. So I'm wondering, like, if you've played 15 hours of this game, what does taking 30 minutes to write your own review cost you? It it doesn't even have to be well-written because you can just write anything and then the editors will take it from there and kind of tweak it up. But, like, it it doesn't make sense to me how he played this game for 15 hours but then couldn't put in, you know, maybe an hour to write a review. And that kind of got me thinking, like... Well, he the answer is he probably didn't play it at all. But uh, we we've heard from a couple different sources that he had. So it's just it's super it's super confusing to me. Um, I I guess the question would be: Are those
1: sources saying that he played the game reliable? And then the other question is: Well. You know, again, how much as as you brought up in the very beginning statement. You know, like how how often has he done this? Like, is this something that's a regular occurrence? All
0: you right. Know, so the fact I, that I've got an article couple... in front of me right now, and in addition to this Dead Cells review, which was plagiarized from uh, Boomstick Gaming, we have got. A report from Kotaku with two other instances. Now, the the, the reporter on this, uh, Jason Jason Schreier, he doesn't explicitly say that, that it is plagiarized, but he does post two side-by-side examples, and they are extremely similar. So head over to Kotaku, check out the article. But we've got an, a review from Nintendo Life reviewing FIFA 17 and a review on this reviewer's YouTube channel. They are extremely similar the sentence structure the wording the power words that's used in this are extremely similar and then even about two hours ago somebody found a review for metroid samus returns from a from a source called uh engadget and this reviewer again basically copies all the structure all the pacing all of the the ebb and flow of this uh of this review and passes it off as his own so that's three more or less confirmed cases, and I'm sure that, you know, there's going to be more that that are made public pretty soon. Okay, so here's here's my
1: deal on that. Like, the, the problem with writing, which is similar to a couple of other different arts, is that, you know, there's no such thing as a completely original idea anymore. Like, just humans have been around too long, people have been doing doing things creatively for too long to where you can always trace the roots of something all the way back to someone else.
0: I I agree, yeah. But there's Um, a difference,
1: right, but there's a difference between not having an original idea or a completely original idea and completely robbing someone else of their work. You know what I mean?
0: There's a fine line, like, when you and I do this show... I will start to pick up some of your speech mannerisms and probably vice versa. However comma, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I that that I understand. So if this guy was looking at different reviews of this game before he wrote his own, which which is probably not the best way to review a game, but whatever. I can understand maybe picking up a phrase or two and that kind of sticks with you like subconsciously in the back of your head. But I mean, this was or lifted even a almost a shared word experience for word. or thought yeah yeah exactly yeah. and it, and it's not so much it's the structure of it more than the actual words because like um when you, when you write something you try and have a structure so that there are certain ebbs and flows and certain if you're gonna go for a high point, you maybe balance it out with a low or it, it, any anybody that writes will know what I'm talking about here and and the structure is what's stolen, and that's probably the most damning thing right there.
1: Yeah, I th- I no, think it's... the combination of all of it, like, you know, wor- as you said, wording, structure, and then just I don't know, man, the the whole concept and the fact that it was so blatant in the Dead Cells review it might not have been, I guess, in the in the FIFA one or the the Samus Returns, but you know that it, it was so blatant in the latest one. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if like he got really bold and he didn't really care.
0: But then he so comes I out think, with this video yesterday and yeah. where like I, I was whole... gonna break down some of the most outrageous parts of this video. So he the video is entitled My Response, and it starts off he basically says that there were a lot of circumstances surrounding the review. Doesn't go on to say what those circumstances are, and that quote, the bottom line is what happened with Dead Cells was completely not at all intentional. So with that, I want to apologize to everybody for IGN for all the undeserved criticism and he wanted to apologize to the developers of Dead Cells as well. Doesn't apologize so, to the to the person that he stole from and maybe yeah. it's maybe it's just me, but I I don't know how you can unintentionally steal an entire review from somebody. You can't. It's impossible. Like, you can
1: certainly, uh, you know, unintentionally have similar views or, or an experience as someone else and, then, and write about it in a similar way. But, like, to go word for word or exact same sentence structure, exact same overall article structure, you know, exact same opinions, exact same thought patterns almost. Yeah, that's – it's impossible. But um. – the, so worst, the, the, the worst, probably the worst part, part I want to say.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I bet you were about to say the same thing. I, I, I like, okay,
1: so for one thing, like, I really, I thought there might have been some promise when he started apologizing to the different, you know, People from whether it was IGN or or the developer of Dead Cells, which was great, but then the fact that he never apologized to the person that he plagiarized for, and then of course the fact that he doesn't actually take responsibility but claims that he is taking responsibility. Yet everything in this article is him passing is either him uh, subtly trying to pass off the blame, in which
0: is yeah. unsuccessful. This or... this was the definition of lip service, like. I'm really yeah. sorry that I got caught. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean. the The worst part about this whole debacle is that his response video is actually monetized, so everybody clicking on yeah. it is is lining his pockets with uh, with change. Which I mean, hey, he was just fired from IGN, so. But uh, I guess he needs it. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty incredible story. Um, one that uh, that that I was fascinated with and uh you know what hopefully this is the last time that we ever hear this guy's name again and he just fades into the youtube oblivion so there we go yeah
1: that's exactly what i'm praying for cuz i i don't know i don't know what i do honestly to to hear that somebody like this is just able to get away with it, and there's zero consequences. There's nothing, you know, that they they have to pay for, especially considering that they absolutely did not take, you know, any blame or any any responsibility whatsoever apart from what other people attributed to him. And it it reeks of a similar YouTuber from a few months ago. Um, I'm not going to mention his name either, but It, the situations are very similar in, in different contexts and it just, it, it rubs me so poorly
0: and I hate it. I agree. I I think that this might even be worse because I think that you could probably come back from the insensitivity of that incident by just claiming that you're an idiot, which the guy like seems to be to me. This one I mean, what do you say? You, you can't say anything. You, you blatantly stole, and you got caught, and his career is over. So that's uh, no, We can only pray. Yeah, so let's, let's just cast him into the black hole right now. I did want to talk about it, but uh, now that we have, let's just never mention it again on this show. We'll never mention his name again. IGN has re-reviewed Dead Cells, which by all accounts is a great game that I'm actually probably going to pick up here pretty quickly after I finish uh, Octopath Traveler. So, yeah,
1: I'm also curious about
0: it. Yeah, well, I, I'm a sucker for Metroidvania, so look pretty much anything like that is is my kind of jam. Yeah, it makes sense. Alright, speaking of Metroid, like this segue here? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Metroid on and speaking point. of uh, Metroid, we are going to talk about the Smash Direct from last week. Of course, we dedicated last week's episode to a big prediction fest. Um... Some of the characters that we predicted got in, some of them that we predicted would get in are confirmed to not be playable. Let's start off uh, with the actual Direct itself, just without getting into specifics, what did you think about the Smash Direct?
1: I think it was great, to be perfectly honest. Like This it, this game, we already agree, is going to be the ultimate, and, <laughs> for lack ultimate. of a better word, yeah the it's gonna be the ultimate it's gonna be the i think the best smash to be released yet i mean granted i haven't I haven't gotten a chance to play it but like i I have always been of the opinion that smash games have only gotten better over the years like i I'm not exactly a hardcore melee fanboy but at the same time I don't take away from from those merits but I think like, from everything that we've seen of Ultimate, from the comments that people who have played it at E3 and beyond have have been saying, it, it seems to be shaping up to be the best. And I absolutely cannot wait. This Direct has not deterred me from that opinion. And what can I say? I was a 1,000% right about Dark Samus, so...
0: Um, I, I thought that this was the best Nintendo Direct that I've seen in a long, long, long time. And that's from everything, from just, like... The flow of it to the structure to the to the pace to the reveals. This was probably the best direct I've seen since. Oh boy, maybe even um, the Nintendo the Switch, Switch unveiling. Debut. If you if you yeah. count that as a direct, but uh, it was it was really good. It started off strong with a trailer. Um, Sakurai got on and he talked about all the different game features and it was all stuff that we knew was coming, like uh, like the stages. And the different modes and stuff like that, but it didn't—it uh, didn't seem to drag to me. It seemed to just like go rather quickly, and everything moved at a brisk pace. And, and we kind of got like, like with all the old information, there was just enough new stuff sprinkled in there to where it felt really cool. So I—I I thought that they knocked it out of the park, actually. Um, just in terms of like, like after I—I I, I immediately like shut it off, and I was just like, "That's the best direct I've seen like in a long, long, long time." Certainly, I, I felt at no
1: point did it drag along at all. I I completely agree with you there. It it didn't even actually seem to have a lot of old information. Like maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like most of everything that they talked about was either new information or additional information on top of the older stuff that we already like, knew.
0: Ish, yeah, like like the the home screen, for example, like. It's a home screen, so by definition, it's not that exciting. But they they showed it. They showed the different layout and stuff like that, and then they just teased you with the blurred out, uh, you know, adventure mode or whatever that is. Um, things like you know what nobody's things talking like the about selection though? What?
1: With that, like I feel like nobody is talking about in that same main menu screen that they showed. They also had that sidebar thing that they were saying you could access in the yeah. middle of the main menu for the Switch. And there it was like an icon blurred out there too.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I so, didn't even
1: notice uh, that. Uh, yeah, I I was looking at all all that thing, and there was fu- it was funny because I know lo and behold, don't may me for this, listeners, but on Tumblr there was an image where somebody basically as a meme kind of unpixelated it and said it was like Waluigi's adventure or something like that, and then but they didn't unblur the the right side menu, so I don't know whether they're just like not nobody's noticing that let me go off on a
0: tangent just really quickly here why do people want waluigi in this game so bad the guy has no character no character at least you know that (laughs) wario is greedy and he goes for coins and he has his own games and he's got wario wear but like i don't understand the the big hoopla with uh with waluigi like i feel like it's kinda be it, it's it's kind of like
1: the Joker and the Riddler, or Batman and Robin, and where like Wario and Waluigi are
0: just no. Such it's a, a are, you are Luigi is not Batman. Uh, well, Luigi okay. is Robin at best. And name me Robin's arch rival. To to be fair, yeah, like that was not my one. first comparison. That's the point. It's not my first comparison. I just thought it would be an easier comparison. Screw all Luigi. That's that's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the specifics. the The game opens off, or the direct opens off rather, with a vicious murder. Speaking of Luigi, uh, Luigi is is brutally murdered by death from the Castlevania series. Very, very, very cool. I thought that the uh, the Luigi's Mansion and Castlevania just it went together so naturally, and I was just like, "This is awesome!" And then. Uh, and, and then, like, when Death came out, I was just like, oh my god, is, is Death going to be, like, a playable character? Because, I mean, I could see him maybe being, like, the rep for Castlevania, because he's in almost every single Castlevania game. And then, yeah. boom! There's the whip. There's Simon Belmont. He's in full Conan the Barbarian gear from Castlevania 1 back on the NES. He is a playable character. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, I... I completely
1: agree. I I feel so bad for Luigi. Like, he's just... Oh, Nintendo has this thing about, like, just being utterly savage and unrelenting in its destruction of Luigi and everything that he stands for. <laughs> but I, I will say that, you know, we also kind of had Ridley brutally murdering Mario, so I guess maybe...
0: Maybe Nintendo's I mean, brought you, you didn't see it. him actually like he didn't murder them. I mean, like you literally saw Luigi's ghost fly up out of his dead body. That's true. That so, is true. So rest in peace to Luigi. Um yeah. Oh, well, actually, apparently Nintendo honest, officially prefer... tweeted out that he was okay. Well, yeah, no. He that that's just a that's a front. He he's definitely in some pain. He's definitely I, dead. I actually prefer the red-haired Simon if I'm being totally honest, the redesign that came in later years. But, so I'm hoping well, that maybe can... that's an alt costume. But I can, I can understand why they went with this look, because that was the look that he was on on the Nintendo console, of course.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, it's weird, though, because you and I talked about this a lot uh, a few days ago. And I think we both kind of agree that Simon is not exactly who we would have chosen to represent Castlevania. But well, it does uh,
0: make sense. Yeah, so hold on a second. So... My my personal favorite, and I feel like it's probably a lot of people's personal favorite, is Alucard, and mm. uh, he was revealed as an assist trophy. However, I like I do when I think of Castlevania, I do think of Simon Belmont and the Belmont Clan and Vampire Killer. So I think yeah, certainly. I think that Simon had to be the first Castlevania rep, and maybe you could have got Alucard in there after. Um, and, but you know what, I am okay with I'm okay with Simon being playable and Card. not. I think Card would have been cool, but I think as far as like heritage goes, Simon is definitely the right choice. And you got Richter, which is also pretty cool. And uh, he he of course is playable in um, Castlevania four and then a little bit of Symphony of the Night. Also true. So also there you true. go. Two two for the price of one. And the stage looks really awesome, and and uh, uh, you can fight Dracula in the stage, and that's like, you know, how awesome is that? See, now that was like, that was definitely one of the
1: best parts of it, but at the same time, you know, seeing him there as a boss, I was like, damn, I really yeah, wish he I was know. playable because Lords of Shadow, I, I know, I, I don't think you played Lords of Shadow? No. Okay, well, I mean... No, I haven't played it. I I mean, obviously, I can't ask for your opinion on it, but like lords of shadow and lords of shadow 2 now 2 is not that great but lords of shadow 1 was so good and just the fact that you could play as dracula and just i mean you go up against satan at the end what better climax is that like dracula fighting satan come on now so I was kind of just hoping that Dracula might be playable, but hey, Ridley got the boss treatment first, and then he became a playable character. So my hopes might be answered in the future.
0: Um, yeah, I could, uh, I could see maybe down the line as you know the roster gets bigger and bigger, um, that potentially happening. One final note for the Castlevania part is that the stage Dracula's Castle has thirty-four tracks from the Castlevania series which is awesome because Castlevania has such good music very like kind of cool gothic style music so I I was I was super stoked about that um, I love Castlevania it's one of my favorites so uh yeah that was that was an awesome way to kick off the direct we move on from there we go into uh, a couple features which we won't really spend a bunch of time on um we got one thing that I thought was pretty cool is stage morphs so the stage yeah. that you're fighting on will morph into another stage and uh during the process of your of your battle, which I thought it, it's it's pretty cool. It's like I I probably won't use that very much because I'm a final destination kind of guy. Oh But okay. I mean that's that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, if you're if you're just schmucking about with eight other people. I I found it really interesting too that
1: like apparently they're making I I wasn't hundred percent sure. I'd have to watch the video again, but it looked like they're either removing Omega Mode or they're keeping Omega Mode for stages in. But they're also adding in the feature to where you can just turn off the um like the uncontrollable
0: elements of a stage. Yes, and I, uh, so every I was... every single stage has Omega Mode and Battle Mode or Battlefield Mode actually. So it can be either or. Um, right but they're also stage adding hazards in a... and you can pick yeah whatever music you want for any stage
1: so that's that's what i'm confused about though because if they're giving you the option to change off or to turn off stage hazard what is the point of, Ome- of
0: keeping omega mode in
1: like just because you want to make the stage shorter or well no
0: like so for for example um let's just pick a stage at, at random here um, Brinstar from the N64 edition will still have all the platforms and it'll still have the uh, destructible like left side of it. Um, but if you're in Omega mode, it'll just be the flat Final Destination surface. And so if you turn off stage hazards, that would mean that, for example, if you're on the Ice Climber stage, the summit, if you go into the water, the fish doesn't come in, and eat you. Okay. So, I, it, I mean, yeah, I guess... it looks, looks pretty cool.
1: I guess that makes sense. Like, if you want to enjoy a stage in its full glory, but not have to worry about the stage hazards, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I guess Omega Mode has always just been a, a Final Destination version of and, every stage. And you know what?
0: I'm browsing the stages right now on Smash Bros. com, and the older stages look fantastic. Um, I'm looking at the new version of side and it just looks incredible. The graphics have all been updated. Um, Brinstar Depths, Crade, just looks incredible. So, it looks... Really, really awesome. Um, there is just a buttload of stages here, so
1: this is definitely a wonderful graphical like yes. upgrade, upgrade for everything. And it seems, it seems they're going all out, and I love that. I yeah. I can't I can't complain at all right now.
0: All right, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about Echo Fighters really quickly. Um, they didn't beat around the bush, which I really liked. They just said like, yep, we've got two Echo Fighters for you: Dark Samus and Crom. Now, Dark Samus, I I love, Uh, you know, anytime that Metroid can get some love in Smash Bros., you know, I'm all for that, so I was really happy about that. You, of course, said that it was 100% certainty that Dark Samus would be in. Uh, I don't think I I was very far behind you. So that definitely came true, and that's pretty cool to see. Um, So yeah, I'm happy for that. And then uh, Chrom comes in, and this this is kind of interesting, because I think it's the first instance of an Echo Fighter combining two fighters moves so he has some of roy's moves and then some of ike's moves which i think is kind of neat he apparently also has a couple of lucina's moves i i don't think that well because roy has marth's moves and lucina is a clone of marth so either way uh it's 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 pretty cool um, I, I know a lot of people are just like, oh there's too much fire emblem this is ridiculous and like that, that's that's a that's a valid criticism I however really like Crom from Fire Emblem Awakening um, so I'm I'm okay with that so um, so the biggest yeah. criticism I've been
1: hearing ver- about Crom okay first off I want to get past this by saying look, no matter how many people complain that there are more Fire Emblem characters in Super Smash Brothers, Krom is, albeit, like, probably one of the more favored characters amongst fans of the series, yes. and, you know, that's probably not helped by the fact that he's voiced by Matt Mercer, a very popular voice actor, and well-loved by by many fans of anime and video games, so... You know, it was kind of—it was not very surprising to me that he made it into the game. That being said, a lot of the criticism I've been hearing has been more along the lines of less the fact that it was Crom, and more the fact that oh great, another Fire Emblem sword user. And yeah,
0: that, that's pretty much all the criticism. I think it's probably fair to say right. that if every character ever wasn't in this game, Lucina wouldn't be back. Um, probably Roy wouldn't be back. Which
1: saddens me, because Roy is the best. Roy's our boy. I don't know about that. Okay, fine. Roy's my boy.
0: Either way, I'm glad that the two of them are in. Um, I think the more the merrier, as far as uh, Smash goes. And then uh, we got we got some other... We got a a few snippets of other features and stuff, and then we got over to some new Assist Trophies, and we got some very interesting additions to uh, the Assist Trophy roster here. First and foremost, the Moon from Majora's Mask.
1: Yeah, I was super happy seeing that because we were talking about earlier last week where we were, you know, kind of hoping that... That Skull Kid would make it in as a playable character, but we weren't that confident at all in it. And we were talking about how his final smash so would be the moon coming down, and we kind of half got so that. we got
0: let's see. So it announced in this are, and I don't even know where some of these guys are from, but we had the moon, we had uh, Rathalos Alucard. from Monster Hunter. Yeah, we had Alucard. Um, Roden from Bayonetta is there? Uh, help me out here, cause I don't know who some of these guys are. Oh, we had Claptrap and Capin, uh, mm-hmm. Arcade Bunny. Who is this guy? Did anybody anybody I, know? I don't know.
1: I like he looked really familiar, but it's not coming to me off the top of my head.
0: Uh, chef, chef, chef Kawasaki or something like that. This guy looks like he's from Kawasaki. a Kirby game. Sure. You could, you could tell how many Kirby games I've played in my entire life, and the number is probably like two. Um, You've played that many? We've got the burrowing Snagrit from Pikmin, uh, Zero yep. from Mega Man, um, Squid Sisters, which were already announced, Crystal, which was already announced, Gray Fox was confirmed to come back. Um, that excites me a lot, honestly. This one made me sad because I was really hoping that he would be a playable character, but Shovel Knight Shovel is Knight. coming to Super Smash Bros. He's going to be an Assist Trophy. Uh, and you know what? At least he's in the game in some form or fashion. So I'm, I'm happy that he's in, but I think that uh, like this guy could have been a great playable character. Would you say that's like the only negative thing you have to say about Smash Ultimate so far? Uh, it's not even negative. It's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed, but I mean, it's not like completely out of the realm of possibility that a character that was an assist trophy could be, you know, could be a playable character. Um, sure. I believe I'm just trying to think right now if, if that has ever happened before. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that it's so unbelievable that I would rate him off completely. Um, I think definitely that would, you know, that would mean that maybe he's a DLC character, a fan Bella character, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is. That's that's okay. I'm, I'm happy that he's in the game. Yeah, um, better better in the game than not in the game at all. Yeah, exactly. And then we flash forward to uh, the end of the direct Sakurai saying thank you for joining us. You know that something is coming because they they just can't help themselves. And they've ended off pretty much every Smash Direct with a really cool character reveal trailer. So we get some uh, some pretty awesome scenes of like epic boss battles between Mario and Bowser and Link and Ganon and Samus and Ridley. And then we see Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong just sitting around scratching their butts. And then probably the greatest troll job in the history of Trolls. We see a figure that looks kind of like King K. Rule. Turns out it's King DDD He is laughing. It's the, this is the best gif of all time. DDD just laughing. And then the real King K. Rool comes and smokes him out of there. We've got King K. Rool as a playable character in Super Smash Bros. Wow! He looks awesome. He looks great. He has some counter moves, long distance moves. He's got kind of the pirate thing going on from Donkey Kong Country 2. This looks great. It's like, I, I, have, I am so stoked that he is in this game. They're really outdoing
1: themselves, I feel, because we've got, not only is it, you know, we're getting some characters that we were, we might have kind of hoped for, but didn't quite have faith that we would get. So like Ridley and, and King K. Rool. And then we're also getting like all this focus on on music as well and it seems that we're getting quite a few new tracks from from Donkey Kong and to combine that with you know a K rule reveal on top of the Ridley reveal on top of the the Simon Belmont reveal it's insane we're getting all these new crazy characters that might not have been at the top of our minds necessarily to come out and we're getting them and they look fantastic
0: yeah it uh what what can you say? This this direct just really, really outdid itself. I thought it was uh, it it was so it was so good. Like five new characters in one direct, I think is just uh, it, that's that's a lot to take in. We were talking before about how we were kind of getting our expectations set too high, and I think yeah. that uh, I was trying to be a little bit cautious, but this just blew them out of the water. And the great thing is, is that you know that there's going to be more of these to come. So. I've always said that like the hype train for a Smash Bros game is as fun as like almost getting a Smash Bros game, and uh, this this direct was the reason why. So
1: yeah, it was uh, too. Yeah, it it was the cinematics behind them.
0: Oh yeah, the movies are the movies are incredible. So. It was, uh, it was a great, great direct. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Although, I will say this. I will end on the Smash Note this. We did predict that Dixie Kong would get into the game. And I think we put her at about, what did we say, like a 50%, maybe 45%? Yeah, something like that. I think that we could probably both agree that her chances have uh, plummeted after King K. Rool comes in. You know, I
1: want to say that, but then the fact that I we didn't even really have King K. Rool on our list
0: at all, and he made it in. I... Well, we didn't, but I I would be surprised if they put two new characters from Donkey Kong Country. And although that being said, I hope that they do.
1: Well, also think of it from the from the standpoint that Donkey Kong has not really gotten a lot of love from Smash in terms of new characters recently, because uh, Diddy no, Kong that is was. True. Diddy Kong was added in Brawl. Yeah. Yeah. So the last time we got any new Donkey Kong was was Diddy Kong in Brawl, and um, you know, it's it's another so, series that Nintendo kind of like says, oh, we're gonna have like two or three representatives, and that's it. And I'm hoping that's not the case with Ultimate.
0: So the highest percentage um, characters. ...that we had last week were Dark Samus. And Dark Samus is in. Uh, you put the Octoling at 100%. So we didn't see any news about that. Spring Man was at 80%. So I think that that could very well still happen. Detective Pikachu is at 80%. Ditto. I think that that could also still happen. Um, and we had someone else. But now I can't remember. But uh, we're, we're not looking too, too bad on our list right now. The only one that has taken off is Shovel Knight. So Definitely, I,
1: th- I think we're I think we're still good in the running for for predictions. And at this rate, it, with King K. Rule and and Simon Belmont being reviewed, I I, I feel anything could happen.
0: So let's uh, let's wrap it up on the Smash news here and just end off really quickly on some Zelda timeline discussion. Now Nintendo uh, revealed this week that they know the position of Breath of the Wild in the Zelda timeline, and they let us in on their secret. They revealed it to be in the child timeline and the adult timeline and the downfall timeline. It's in all of them. All three of them. Existing at once. Mm Mm-hmm. Eh?
1: Eh. (laughs) It's really tough, because, you know, we, we get into these timeline discussions, and... I feel like everybody's kind of tired of them at th- this point. Like, people keep asking questions about, oh, where is this on the timeline? Or do you think this could be the real timeline? At this point, like, everybody's just like, whatever. Like, and... Let's rewind
0: about 20 minutes. What was I ranting about? It was Waluigi. I went on a tangent. Yeah. Here's my second tangent of this episode. The timeline is stupid. It's a stupid thing it it, it 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 doesn't add anything to the series the series is literally called the legend of zelda it's legends that are passed down you know i i'm for the games that are direct sequels to something like that but like this whole split the timeline into three different paths like first of all i don't remember losing to ganondorf so th- there should only be two. Second of all i've just always thought that it's that it's dumb Um, and you know what, this isn't a knock on on anybody that is really into that stuff, because I know that there are a lot of people even colleagues of ours at Zelda Dungeon to me, I just like seeing the little references and nods to other Zelda games, but like, I I don't know why, I think Nintendo regrets releasing that timeline because now it's just like this big convoluted mess, even more so, where it was, before it was something fun that fans could kind of put together, and now it's something that doesn't make any sense so like it it it's like trying to put the Final Fantasy games into a timeline. Like they have nothing to do with each other. They're their own separate things, kind of kind of held together by similar gameplay aspects. That's a Legend of Zelda. The games don't have anything to do with another. In, in by and large, right? Like they all have their kind of self-contained stories. They don't really affect. You know what happens in Skyward Sword doesn't affect what happens in Breath of the Wild. So like this this timeline obsession to me, it's it's just like. You know, I, I, I don't get it. I would rather just go and play a Zelda game and, and see something cool and be like, oh, nice, that was in Skyward Sword. Like, they're paying homage to that game rather than just like, oh, my God, there's a statue that looks like it was in Majora's Mask. I have to deduce where it is in this fictional timeline that somebody at Nintendo must have put out after too much Heinekens or something like that because it makes no sense then. It makes even less sense now. So there's my rant. Well, no, I mean, it's
1: it's valid. I think it, it was just yesterday in the Zelda chat of our Zelda Dungeon Discord. If you haven't already, you can join that uh, via the site. I believe there's a tab for it on the right-hand side. Uh, we were discussing, actually, timelines and their ramifications, and somebody was mentioning about how um, like Nintendo doesn't really care about the lore of their games, and it was something that I... I found really an interesting comment because I feel that there are a few games out there, as you mentioned, like Final Fantasy, and where their parent company does actually really care a lot about the lore, and they try to develop it really well. I mean, I can't think of a Final Fantasy game off the top of my head that had bad lore in it. Even Final Fantasy Nine was really good in its lore, in its story. Better than eight. That being said, you know, it's interesting to me personally because Nintendo has never given the impression that their overall design was for a cohesive and co- and complete timeline. It was always about, we want to make each game as good as we can, both in gameplay and story and fun and new mechanics, yada, yada, yada. But then, as you, as you pointed out, like, Hyrule Historia comes out and we all of a sudden get a timeline. You know, and I, it, it was... Well, let's,
0: be, let's be clear it, here, though. Like, Final Fantasy uses an example. It it, it has, quote-unquote, good lore. Okay, It like, has but no like, timeline. So, so does Zelda. Like, but the games... Like, the Final Fantasy games, what happens in Final Fantasy VII does not transfer over to Final Fantasy VIII, and it's the same with Zelda. Like, they all... Self-contained, they all make sense, they all have good stories, they all have... They all have, you know, their roots and they and they are grounded and they have they they make a good point from the backstory to what's happening now and they intert- they intertwine it together nicely. But like that's it. That's the game. And and once you're like each game has its own little thing and you know To me it's just like Uh oh man. I, I just wish that they I I guess part of me is just like like focus on Focus on like the quality of the game and the uh, and the quality of of the lore found in each game to that game, rather than its overall placement. It's it's like watching a Marvel movie and trying to figure out what happens, you know, in the MCU versus what's happening in in Black Panther. It just it doesn't make sense to me.
1: I'm confused about Nintendo's dichotomy they have going on because it seems the overall company cares about doing additional timeline and lore bit stuff with the release of Hyrule Historia, the Arts and Artifacts, and now most recently Hyrule Encyclopedia, which also alters the timeline. And then we have Anuma and sometimes Miyamoto who are sitting here saying, uh yeah, we don't care about that kind of stuff and fans can do what they will, you know, we find it interesting, you know, what they come up with, but we don't we don't really ascribe to any timeline shenanigans or anything like that. But then overall, Nintendo is like, here's another lore book about how our timeline fits. You know, it's it's really confusing and weird sometimes.
0: Oh, well. Um, You know what? And if, if the timeline is your thing, that's great. You know, if, if you're into digging out pieces and trying to put this puzzle together, that's great. My only wish would be that Nintendo hadn't, like, basically put most of the puzzle together for you and taken away some of the remaining pieces because I I think that uh, I don't know, what they they did doesn't make sense it's not really for me, I'm not really like that kind of guy when it comes to Zelda games, so I enjoy seeing the references, but I don't enjoy I don't know, I I don't enjoy the whole timeline shenanigans so I'm kind of on both sides I'm kind of on both
1: sides, I enjoy I enjoy aspects of the timeline like I think they're there are moments where it makes sense and and it's fun to look at and it's fun to speculate but at the end of the day i don't know like i have to look at all of Zelda's history and i have to think of as you know again as we pointed out a few times now like the legend it's called the legend of Zelda and while i don't really ascribe to the fact that none of the games are connected really i I do have to wonder, you know, why they chose that word, why they chose, you know, the legend of Zelda as opposed to the Chronicles of Zelda or, you know,
0: something else along those lines. The Chronicles of Narnia, more like, right. We're going to end it there. Us complaining about the Zelda timeline. So <laughs> that's a, that's a perfect book note to this show. Um, if you haven't watched it, go check out the smash direct. It's on the super smash bros website, SmashBros.com. It's really, really cool. And uh, you can you can bet your keister that we will be covering and gushing about the next Smash Direct that comes out. Um, so that's episode twenty-one of the Champions Cast. Twenty-one episodes. Wow, feels like just yesterday that we started this back up, eh?
1: It's true. It's it's been quite a ride, and I've I've enjoyed every bit of it,
0: even if you're wrong uh, about almost, Final almost every bit of it. Some sometimes. Sometimes I just want to mute your track if I'm being perfectly honest with you. You know, And if I had editing
1: powers, I might just not include your track altogether. <laughs> <laughs> That's episode 21 of the Champions
0: Cast. Thank you for uh, coming and hanging out with us. Um, head over to Podbean. Head over to iTunes. Drop us a like. Drop us a comment. And, of course, drop us a subscription. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Spatery316. You can find Taylor on Twitter at gif underscore bluehawk. That's it for this week. We are out of here, but we will see you next week. Same Zelda time, same Zelda channel. And that's it. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening.